Hey guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of the Constructive Liberty Podcast. Today I've got with me Darlene Preday, and we're talking about sales, which is something that a lot of people fear. It's it's a big hurdle to overcome. Darlene has over 25 years of experience in sales and business development. Her primary focus these days is on entrepreneurs and business coaches that need an objective assessment of their business. That's something that we can all use. I know I need that. She empowers them with the tools needed to tell their story and sell their services authentically. Empathetic selling and relating are the core of who Darlene is. Darlene, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Ken. I appreciate it. Me. Yeah, I was excited to see this topic come in because that's something that as entrepreneurs, business owners, you know, even even people that have a nine to five job, we all have to sell at some point, whether we're selling ourselves to a potential employer or whether we're selling a product or service to a client. There's always times that we're selling. How did you come to be somebody who has spent 25 years in sales? Well, I think you're right. Everybody, there's a sales aspect of just everyday life and people don't even realize it. We're always selling something, our ideas, you know, our our sales Mm -hmm. when we're looking for jobs and, or even for like, you know, for my spouse, when I'm trying to convince him (laughs) to do a home project or something. (laughs) That's Um, the biggest sales tactic. That's the biggest sales tactic of all, right? Yeah, Um. that's, yeah. Definitely when I uh, use all my wiles to get him. <laughs> so I'm not yeah. So I started, you know, I started sales from early on, um, from working in retail um, throughout high school and college. And, and then it just morphed. Um, I was in the fashion industry and I sales was part of my job. I was actually product development, but part of the job was selling to big companies and, and buyers and different things like that. And I just, I loved it because I loved building those relationships. Mm, wow. That's, that's incredible. Like relationships are at the core of everything we do in life. And if you can learn how to effectively create authentic relationships, the selling aspect becomes a lot easier. You mentioned empathetic selling. What is that? Like, what do you mean by empathetic selling? I know, you know, I go out and talk to people on a construction project and I can sell them on uh, on a deck or a kitchen remodel or something like that. What do you mean by empathetic selling and how would I implement that? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because when I had said that term to a couple of people, they, they thought it was like almost weak and it it was counterintuitive. Like it sounds, what do you mean? Empathetic closing, empathetic selling. And really, um, you know, I did a lot of self analysis over because people would ask me like how I sell. And then when I started thinking of formulating a company, I had to look at all these different moving parts. What I realized is that when I speak to anyone regarding, you know, selling them a product or or service or whatever that is, I'm putting myself, I'm actively listening and putting myself in their shoes of how they are feeling. Where are their pain points? What, you know, where are their fears? Most people, okay, they may have a list of objections and how to overcome those objections and, and how to have them sign before the end of the call. But the reality is when you really hear what the objections are, 
and you're speaking to somebody and putting yourselves in their shoes, you can understand where they're coming from and what those objections really are rooted in. And that's where you get to the issue. Yeah. So how do we overcome the fear of selling to somebody? Because, I mean, we can talk to somebody all day and public speaking is one of supposedly one of the biggest you know, fears that are out there that people have in common. And I think when you combine trying to get somebody to buy your product or service, we feel like we're selling ourselves. How do we get rid of that fear behind selling what we've attached ourselves to? You know, I think the core of it is people fear, fear rejection and they don't because like you said, when you're when you're a service provider, you are your product. So yeah. then you're putting yourself out there and you're like, OK, or you think that maybe you're too pushy or whatever it may be. What I tell my clients is it's really a mind shift. If you're looking at it, because a lot of people, like you said, they can share what they do. They're excited about it. And then they move to sales and it's like a switch flips and they get stiff and they get uncomfortable and they trip over their own words and they're inauthentic. If they look at it like I'm going to have a conversation, I'm going to share what I do. This person, it may or may not be for that person. I still have value. I still offer what I'm offering is still great. They may not need it. So it's going to be, I call them discovery calls versus Mm. calls where you're discovering what does this person need? What can I bring to the table? And I find that when I'm really, when I really know I can help someone, that makes me even more passionate about sharing ways I can help. And that in turn paints that picture of what it would look like to work with me. And that makes it more successful. Also, not trying to sell everyone is helpful too, because if you're listening to it and you're like, oh, I'm probably not the best service. Having that conversation too brings about that builds trust. That builds instant yeah. trust with the person you're speaking to. Right. So, how is there a good structure for a what do you call it a discovery call? How do you go about just having that conversation, but a directed or guided conversation, so that you can know, am I the right person to serve this client? Yeah, well, I do my homework before I speak to anybody. I really, you know, even if they're coming for like my services, I know what I offer, but I can I look at their website, I look at really who they are, and then I can get a pretty good picture of who I'm speaking with. Now, the website and and LinkedIn gives you a broad picture, but it doesn't really niche down into where where their needs are. So then when I meet with the person, I really ask open-ended questions of, you know, where are you struggling? What are the pain points? What are, do you have fears around this? Have you had success in sales? Have you not had success in sales? You know, those types of things. And that could be tailored to whatever industry you're in where you're really uncovering what the person is looking for. Um, And then, yes, guiding them where you're hearing what they are looking for or where their needs are, sharing what you can do, conveying your value, and then asking 
again, do you have questions where, you know, what questions do you have for me? What's your decision-making timeline? What does this look like? How can I help you make this decision to see if it's the best thing for you? So really, again, back to the conversation, but you're guiding it to help them uncover what they really need. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I can imagine, you know, if you if you pre-qualified the people that you get on the phone with or, I don't know, you call our ideal client, whatever, however you want to call that, that can translate across all the different industries. But how do you come up with, say, an ideal client for something that is a service like what you do versus something like what I do for my day job, building decks and home remodels? Because those people, if they need a deck, they know they need a deck. So they find the guy that builds a deck. Not everybody knows that they need to learn about selling. I mean, before a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have even known you could go get somebody to help you learn how to sell. (laughs) So how do you go about finding those people and, and then making them aware that you offer those types of services? So for me, um, I do a lot of networking. I'm in great networking groups. Um, I put a lot of content out on LinkedIn. And most of my clients have been people that have known me within my circles or been introduced from someone that knows me because I, it's funny because I deal with a lot of coaches who then they have clients that they're like, you need Darlene. They may do business. They may do a certain niche of it, but they don't handle the sales. I stay in my lane and we can kind of refer to one another that if somebody's coming to me and they really need a marketing strategy, they don't need the sales. They don't even have the marketing in place. I can hand them off to the right person and vice versa. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I really like that. Talk about networking a little bit. How has that changed over the last few years? Because I know, you know, when everybody thinks of networking, they think of going to a a little meet and greet and you you sip on your little drink and maybe eat a snack and look awkwardly around the room trying to figure out who to talk to next that you can give a business card to. How has that changed in the last few years and what's a better way to do it? Or is there a better way to do it than, than how most of us think of networking? So I think with the pandemic, when all of those um, in-person networking groups shut down, Mm -hmm. um, what started springing up was more um, video networking, right? And um, Zoom calls and all types of um, webinars and, and different things where you can meet people. And it really has exploded with the way that um, it has been moving. I find because my services, I can serve anyone. I I can serve anyone, even if it's internationally, the same principles apply. I love being in these networking groups where I can learn from so many different people that I may not have the proximity to meet with them. Now I still do some in, you know, in-person networking events or, or meet and greets and that type of thing. But my time is really focused on the virtual networking, which I find so invaluable. Gotcha. Is there, if somebody's interested in that, do you have a couple of good resources that they can go check out for the virtual networking? Um, I do. So I, I am part of like a hundred coffee chats with Michelle Denio and it's you get on a call once a week 
Um, and she has a different format each time. It's like a lot of entrepreneurs on there. They share, it's not just a pitch and ditch. Like, this is what I do, you know, buy from me or not. It's really getting mm-hmm. to know who's in the group. And the more people that you have in your network that you can solidly refer people to, the more valuable you become as well. Right. Like, People know, like, if they need anything, it doesn't matter. Like, they come to me because they're like, surely she knows somebody, right? And I think for the most part, or I know somebody who knows somebody, you know. So you start to understand what's out there. Um, And that's really, honestly, where I saw a lot of that need because a lot of coaches were in my groups. And they were all saying the same thing. Like, I got three no's and I feel so rejected. And, and you know, after hearing that, I saw there was a niche and and something that I can create where I can bring value to those people. So there's so so even if you're not getting a quote unquote sale from it, your your network is building my knowledge base has built because technology, you know, changes in the blink of an eye. So you're up with people that are top in their in their field and you're gleaning from them so it's just so powerful for sure that's awesome what would you say is you know along with networking what is one of the more i don't know important aspects of actually getting the sale you know outside of the network once you've been referred to somebody and you've had that conversation oftentimes it's it's almost like it ends there or you don't hear back from them how can you keep that going? What's a more um, the most important aspect to make sure you get some more of those sales that just seem to fall off into the ether? Yeah. So again, I think people have um, a view of those calls like a yes or a no. So they're either a client or they're not. Most mm-hmm. of the times people are just may not be ready. Now there's people that are not going to be your client and that's it. But then, and I'm sure there's, you know, there's times when you've given a quote or something like that. And the person's like, I'm not sure that's out of budget or whatever, but then they come back to you. But um, follow-up is so important. Being on their radar, what I try to do is give them value. Every touch point that I'm, every time I'm touching them, I'm giving them something that they can use, whether they use my services or not. It's bringing value. This way, when they are ready, I'm top of mind because I've had that connection. I didn't just have a great conversation and that was the end of it. Um, or a lot of times I have people that are like, I don't need you, but you know what my friend does or somebody else does. So I think follow-up is super important. Making systems that allow you to intentionally follow up, keep track of your leads, um, have touch points and be intentional with how you're reaching out to them is game changing. Yeah. Can, is there a, is there a limit to how many times you can follow up or do you have any good ideas there as far as how often you should follow up, how soon without feeling overbearing? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think, I think it's individual. So when I have a sales call, I always try to get a read of what that person, what timeline is that person? Are they just kicking tires? Do they want to understand what the service is? Are they looking to do something immediately? That type of thing. So that really dictates on how quickly you're going to follow up your cadence, all of that type of um, 
you know, projection of what the right. time as far as how often, I mean, as far as when I stop reaching out, I stop reaching out when somebody's like, stop messaging me or popped <laughs> out, you know. I, I also don't do it where I'm tsunamiing them with emails every week, you know. So right. if I know somebody's not ready, I'll be like, hey, is it okay if I reach out to you in, in Q3? Is that a better time? So like asking permission and, and just seeing like what that is with that person. And if they're like, you know what, that would be great. I have so many people that are like, thank you for reminding me. Yes, I definitely need to do this. Or you know what, I'm not. I'm not ready right now. Can you reach out in three more months? And sometimes, sometimes that's over years. Like I kid you not. Sometimes that's over years where somebody's like, I'm still interested. I'm just not ready. And it may take a while before they actually are ready. So, you know, it's just, it's just keeping up and being intentional. Yeah. Awesome. How do we, once, once we've had that conversation, we followed up, made the sale, what are some of the things that we need to do to continue to build and to maintain strong relationships with the clients that, you know, we've created that relationship with somewhat, but to keep that ongoing, what are some skills that business owners should work on? Well, I think getting client testimonials and, um, also building out a a solid referral program is super important. Mm -hmm. Um, I would imagine, Ken, with your type of work too, like word of mouth is make or break, right? It's huge. <laughs> There's a lot of competition out there, you know, so um, having some kind of referral program, because I deal with a lot of people also, I may love their service, but if they're not top of mind, I may forget, right? And right. And you need somebody here or whatever it may be. So, but if somebody's in my inbox and reminds me every quarter, like, hey, we have the great referral program, you know, do you have anybody? We're we're offering this new service, upsells and selling to your current clientele is important too. Um, where you can say, like, you know, hey, this service worked great for you. I'm now offering a mini session for this, or this is a new, I just built this amazing gazebo for somebody. You know, it could be for anything. Um, You know, if you have any interest, give me a call, that type of thing. Like nurturing your current clientele, even when they're not clients anymore, keeping in touch with them, getting referrals, getting those testimonials. Those are so important and building that trust where they they know what you can do for them but they also feel like you really have their back and are looking out for them as well yeah wow for sure what else comes to mind around the sales process that that we haven't talked about but that would be useful for somebody going you know maybe even a new somebody who's starting a new business what comes to mind for you that, that we haven't covered that they should know or start to learn and lean on to, to build that solid client base? So I think it's just as important for, especially with entrepreneurs, we want to say yes to everybody, right? And when you're in business, you, you know, you want that, you know, you want that revenue and all of that type of stuff, but really understanding who is my ideal client. Who can I serve 
not being everybody to, you know, everything to everybody and telling a client if you're not the right solution for them. Um, it, it builds, again, it builds that trust, but also if they're not the right client, they're not going to be served the best with you. It's not going to be enjoyable for you. It's also, you know, going to just create that stress that that next call, you're going to bring that with you. I don't Mm. know if you've ever had a job that you've agreed to that is kind of like out of your wheelhouse or you know it's going to be more, you know, work than it's worth and that type of stuff. You say yes and then you regret it, right? And um, knowing that early of where your limitations are and not being afraid to say, you know what, this is what I do. But again, here, that's not that's not really what you need first. I have clients mm-hmm. that are like, I need somebody to coach me on sales. And they don't. They don't. Their website is a mess or their brand is not clear. And I'm like, yes, I can help you. But here's what you need to do first. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. That's all good points. There's definitely a progression to how to build something. And if you don't have that solid foundation in place, you know, you might as well not work on this element of it when this isn't right. And you're not drawing in a steady flow of people to even have those sales conversations with. So that's a, that's a great point. What, where can people find you if they, you know, want to reach out to you and say, Hey, look, I, I really need my, need some help here. I've got a great website. I just don't know how to follow through and create clients that are coming through and reaching out to me. I'm losing something there. Where can people reach out to you? Yeah, they can visit my website. It's dp-consults.com. And there's a form that they can fill out and I'll be in touch with them and schedule just a discovery you know, call, there's no obligation. And, and I try to give value, even if I'm not the right solution where that can point them in the right direction, or they can also connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm big on LinkedIn. So it's Darlene Darlene Perday. And uh, I'd love to connect with anyone. And I, I do post a lot of tips and tricks and content. So I'd love to connect with anybody who feels like they may be interested. Awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It's been Eye-opening and a valuable conversation. I, I think uh, somebody that, that is in need of that will definitely be able to, to gain from this and then hopefully reach out to you and say, hey, look, help me out here. So that's fantastic. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much, Ken. It's been a pleasure. Have a great day.